Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Everybody, I'm Kelsey Nixon, and this is Kitchen Prescription, the podcast you listen to when you don't know what to make for dinner. Today is episode 67, Super Soup. I've been on a real soup kick lately. I really just love it as a meal for so many reasons. It's like the ultimate comfort food. It's almost always pretty basic to make, and you can easily double it so that you can have a meal waiting for you in your freezer on a super busy night. There's honestly like very little that I don't like about soup. Other than the fact that sometimes I get family members that complain that it doesn't feel like a full meal. But today, I want to share a few of my best tips and tricks for making really great soup. We're going to talk about a simple formula for how you can make soup without a recipe and a few strategies you can embrace when making any soup recipe to make your soup taste even better. So both scenarios, whether you're cooking from your pantry, pulling a soup together, or you're making somebody else's suggested recipe. But before we do that, let's discuss a few recipes you can throw on your meal plan this week. As you guys know, I am a firm believer in having a set time each week to review your weekly schedule, determine how many times you'll cook versus eat out, or have a free-for-all in the freezer. There's a time and place for all of them a time to order your groceries, and a time to get a plan in place. So hopefully this podcast can help support a system like that for you because it really can be life-changing to get your family's dinner situation under control. All right, here's what we're going to make this week. First recipe, chili lime tacos. Okay, this is one of those recipes that probably back in like 2018, I started making these for my family And we went hard. Like this was a staple in our house for the better part of two years. It's a very Trader Joe's friendly recipe. Now, granted, you can absolutely buy the ingredients at another store. But I made this recipe so often that if you blindfolded me and put me in front of a Trader Joe's, like the Trader Joe's that I shopped at at the time, I could walk in and get all of the ingredients and out in five minutes. Like I I made this recipe so often. It uses ground chicken or turkey, 
It uses a can of diced tomatoes with green chilies. It uses chili lime powder or the tahine, like whatever, you know, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. Um, really simple tacos. I always make pickled onions with it if I don't have them already on hand in the refrigerator and my family just loves them. And what this recipe really taught me back then, because at the time I would have had kids that were like, oh, what, like four and seven, like even younger than my kids are now, obviously. And I learned like what an unlock ground protein is. And you're like, Kelsey, of course, but seriously, like when I used to think of ground meat, I would only think of ground beef. And that like went back to my childhood of hamburger helper and like not necessarily a fan. But ground chicken, ground turkey, ground Italian sweet sausage, like those are such great ways when you when you cook them, you saute them, and they're little, little bites of protein. It's such a great way for little kids to take in protein, as opposed to like slicing up a chicken breast that can feel overwhelming. I just... This was the recipe that I realized, oh, my kids love ground meat. So anyways, chili lime tacos. I'm so excited to be bringing them back. I literally, we're making a big change to our website. And so I was going through all of the recipes and I found this and I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about the chili lime tacos. So very excited to be making that this week. We're also having sheet pan cilantro lime chicken. And I love this recipe because it uses some of the same ingredients that are in the chili lime tacos, but it's like totally a different flavor profile. So using the cilantro, but there's sweet potatoes in it. It is such a delicious recipe. It's so beautiful. It's got potatoes and it's just really hearty. In fact, this is one of those recipes that if you're entertaining and you need something to pull out of the oven that looks impressive, there's so much color in this recipe. It's really beautiful and just a good hearty sheet pan dinner. And then finally, we've got Mediterranean baked orzo. And um, this is a great skillet meal. Um, most of the things I keep in my, my pantry regularly, I think only had to get two ingredients to make this recipe happen. It uses sausage. It uses all of my favorite Mediterranean flavors, a little Greek yogurt and some dill and some lemon. Really nice. Makes great lunch leftovers. <laughs> so I'm already looking forward to the day after when I'll have that for lunch. So there are your recipes for the week. You can find and print them all in Recipe Club individually or in our weekly meal plan with an easy to follow shopping list broken down by recipe. And if you're feeling like the poll to really create a simple dinner system this year, we have a bundled product where you can save $20 when you buy both a recipe binder and an annual membership to Recipe Club. And the reason I'm so excited about offering this is that for me, similarly to having like a family calendar, I like both a digital and a hard copy. I, I feel the same way about dinner. I like having online recipe resources like Recipe Club, but in addition to that, I like a physical binder where I can store all of the recipes that I make most often. And then I can cook straight from a hard copy rather than going and trying to find a recipe that I saved on Instagram or on Pinterest, or I, I know it was on either this website or this website. That just creates so much dissonance when you're trying to get dinner on the table. So having all of my recipes live in one place has been a game changer. You might be like me and hate it when the process of getting a recipe online involves being bombarded with banner ads, long blog posts, or drawn out stories. And if that's the case, you really should give Recipe Club a try. I was so frustrated that I couldn't find sites with just the recipes you need to help you get dinner on the table. That's what motivated me to make Recipe Club. 
We include all the ingredients and the method in addition to offering up serving and swap suggestions for every recipe. And we have them all formatted in a beautiful recipe template that looks like it came straight out of a cookbook when you print it out. So I really took all of the things that bug me about traditional food blogs and I just fixed it in Recipe Club. And um, so if you're looking for a resource, something that supports a dinner system, check it out. All right, let's jump into the back half of the podcast and discuss how to make really great soup. When it comes to soup, it's simple, but to make really good soup, it's not as simple as just dumping and stirring a bunch of ingredients together in a big old pot. Now, you could throw everything together in a pot with some liquid and some dried herbs and bring it to a boil and let it simmer. And yes, that is technically soup. You just don't get nearly the same flavor from a dump and stir soup as you do from a soup that follows a basic formula. So if you do this for every soup you make, truly, the formula we're going to discuss today, you'll love me forever. It's, it's going to change your soup life. So here is my basic four-step formula for making soup or I guess we could call them my soup rules. Number one, saute and season aromatics and veggies. Number two is to add liquid. Number three is to add the bulk. And number four is to finish it fresh or finish with fresh. Now, we're gonna chat about this as if you're making soup from what you have on hand, but all of these rules can easily be applied to following a standard soup recipe. Let's break it down. So first, let's talk about sauteing the aromatics. What are aromatics? It sounds like a word you learn in culinary school, but it's not that complicated. They're simply just things that smell and taste good. In cooking, it almost always includes onion and garlic and sometimes herbs. They release a fantastic aroma and flavor when cooked in fat. So think of something like olive oil, avocado oil, or butter. Other things that fall into the category of aromatics would be veggies like carrots, celery, leeks, uh, peppers, ginger, chilies, things like that. In fact, you've probably noticed or seen that a lot of soups are started with three standard things, carrots, onion, and celery. It's called mirepoix, and it's an excellent base for building flavor. So that's why you see carrots and celery in, in that lineup there. Onion and garlic are sautéed for literally almost everything I make in my house. They're just such an incredible base. And if you throw them into the pot, like just into some liquid, you don't even come close to the same amount of flavor as you would by sautéing them in a little bit of fat. Speaking of which, this reminds me, if you're cooking a soup where you plan on incorporating meat into your soup, you want to cook it first. You want to brown the sausage, brown the chicken, you know, sauté the ground beef or the turkey or whatever you plan on doing. Brown it and then you'll remove it from the pot and put it on a plate, typically um, with a paper towel to soak up some of that extra grease. But you want to leave the pot alone and then add your aromatics right into that. That way they can soak up all the fat and the flavor that's left behind and make your soup like even more magical. It's so delicious. So when it comes to those aromatics, choose any combination you like. It's best to dice them pretty small and then saute them in whatever fat you got going on, whether you've just sauteed some sausage and you've got that to work with or olive oil or butter, like I said. But you're almost always going to start with an onion, I onion or shallot. That is like go-to for me. And if you're doing that, that's the first step. You don't want to add garlic at the same time because garlic will burn faster than onions. 
after you add your aromatics, it's super important that you season them with salt because salt is kind of like this magical ingredient in the kitchen. And that's why I included both seasoning and sauteing those aromatics in the first step because you can saute, but if you don't season, you don't take nearly as much advantage of that step. I just can't emphasize enough how important it is that each time you're adding something to this soup pot, you should season it. You're going to layer it with seasoning. It's one of the most valuable things I learned when I was trained in culinary school is just how important it is to season every step of the way. And I think a lot of home cooks get nervous about making something too salty. And look, if you've got some dietary restrictions, that's totally fair. And you know, you do you. But especially with soup. If something ends up being too salty, we can always just add more liquid. Now, obviously go slow, right? You don't want to get crazy. But the other thing that I learned in culinary school years ago that was so helpful was having little tasting spoons. You want to taste as you go. And to me, that seasoning and tasting as you're building flavors in a soup, that is such a, oh my gosh, it's like such a creative and fulfilling process. Like it makes making soup fun. It really does. So remember, we're going to saute those aromatics in some sort of fat, and we're going to season, at least with salt, because what makes salt so magical is that it draws out the liquid and it caramelizes whatever you're cooking to enhance its natural flavor. That's how things turn golden brown and develop on the bottom of the pan that you kind of see that that brown stuff it's called fond and there's so much flavor in fond so if you're sauteing and not getting any golden brown you might need a little more salt well seasoned food does not equal salty food i promise you it just equals food that tastes like the absolute best version of itself salt is essential use it in every layer and like i said if you if you've made something too salty especially with soup, it is not hard to fix that. After sauteing and seasoning your aromatics, you're going to quickly saute any other vegetables you got going on in the soup. So your aromatics, they've cooked, they should be that beautiful golden brown color. And remember, if you need to add a little bit more salt to get that. And don't be afraid to add another glug of olive oil distributed over the entire bottom of the, the pot. It needs the fat to also develop that flavor. So you're not gonna screw anything up by adding a little bit more olive oil. You don't want a dry pan. That's when things start to burn. So when you add those vegetables, you might need another glug of olive oil. Let's talk about what those could be. Anything you got on hand in your fridge, mushrooms, asparagus, yellow squash, zucchini, stuff like that. And remember, when you're adding those extra vegetables in, you're also going to season to continue to build that flavor. Okay, so that's step one. Step two is adding the liquid. What I tend to use most is chicken broth or stock, but you could also use beef stock or broth, vegetable stock, coconut milk, crushed tomatoes. You really could even add water. Now that's gonna be the least flavorful, but whether it comes to broth or stock, because I know I'll get asked on my recommendation. And honestly, my recommendation is rooted in what I grew up with. It's what my mom consistently used. She always used the same brand and it was Swanson and that is what I love. But another great option is better than bouillon. 
It's a chicken base that is an amazing like staple just to have on hand that you simply whisk into hot water to make a flavorful broth. So it's got a ratio on there. I think it's one teaspoon per cup of hot water. And that's an awesome thing to have on hand if you are in a soup making chapter of life. Um, I would say the most commonly used liquids in my kitchen for making soup are chicken broth, crushed tomatoes, and coconut milk. And same thing with the liquid. You might not think of it, but when you add that liquid, we're also going to add a little salt and pepper because we're seasoning every layer, every step of the way. Once you've added the liquid, you want to bring it up to a boil and that gets us ready for our next step. Step three, we're going to add the bulk. What do I mean by bulk? Think of things like adding protein or density to your soup, mostly meat, beans, potatoes. And after you add that bulk, you're going to reduce the heat down to a simmer. So like a gentle boil, it'll probably be medium, medium, low heat. And don't forget, you could even add frozen protein at this point. Don't rule out a frozen meatball or if you've got some frozen ground beef or, you know, pork or something like that, that might be a really great option to add into your soup. I also want to mention pasta and rice at this point because that definitely adds some density and some heartiness to soup. I love adding greens and pasta to soup. It makes them more substantial, but I have found that my favorite way to do it is to actually cook them separately. And I apologize for this because this requires you have to use a separate pot. Now you could totally add them to the pot that you're making your soup in. You're just going to have to account for some extra liquid. The reason I prefer to, to cook them separately is honestly because of the likes and dislikes of my household. My girls are not big soup people. And so when we have soup, I usually serve that soup somewhat deconstructed. And so if we're adding rice to the soup or orzo to the soup or um, Israeli couscous to the soup, I typically cook that separately. I put it on their plate. And then at the very end, when I'm getting ready to serve our soup, I put that in the bottom of our soup bowl and I pour the soup over the top. So that's just what works best for my family. But you could totally add it into the pot and just account for some extra liquid. Common greens and pastas that I use are, like I said, orzo, that Israeli couscous, any kind of rice, egg noodles, which I use for our chicken noodle soup. It's like a huge hit around here. Just adds great texture. And don't forget about filled pastas like tortellini or ravioli. Some of our most popular soup recipes on Recipe Club um, include tortellini. So your soup is basically done when everything inside has cooked and you feel like the broth has, has enough flavor to make you happy. Remember, we're tasting along the way. Usually when I make soup, it doesn't take me much longer than I'd say an hour from pulling out the pot and chopping the onion to putting the soup in a bowl. Obviously, the longer it simmers, the more flavor develops and the better it tastes. But don't think that you've got to let it cook for hours on end to make a great soup. That's why we go to the effort of sauteing all of our aromatics and seasoning every layer so that we can kind of build flavor more quickly. So now that your soup is basically assembled because you've added your aromatics, you have added your vegetables, you have added your broth, you have added your bulk, it is time for the final step in the formula, which is to finish with fresh. It is so great to top each bowl of soup with something bright and almost like not cooked. Think of fresh lime or lemon, 
fresh parsley, fresh basil, cilantro, fresh green onions. If you've got a Mexican or Southwestern thing going on, you could do a dollop of sour cream or grated cheese or chili sauce. Add something that's contrasting in both texture and temperature to kind of create, a, you know, just a better experience. This is the thing that will take your soup from good to great, really elevate it and make it as if you, you know, ordered a bowl of soup at a fancy restaurant. So that's it. That's the order. That's the formula. You're going to saute and season the aromatics and veggies. You're going to add the liquid, bring it to a boil. You're going to add your bulk and simmer until that's cooked through. And then you're finishing with fresh. If you end up making soup with this formula this week or any tips that we've provided throughout this podcast today, tell me about it. Post a photo, story on Instagram, tag me at Kelsey Nixon. I would love to see what you guys make. We're going to finish this episode with my weekly gimme five. These are five things that made my life easier or more enjoyable this week. And we are, you know, I spent a lot of time last week talking about my favorite soup pot. Kind of in that same family, a little adjacent, I want to talk about my favorite Staub brazier. It is a three-quart Staub brazier with a glass lid. And I love it for any sort of skillet meal, for curries. I just have found myself, I think I used it four times this week. And it's just a staple. And I, I, in the same way that I'm so grateful my mom passed down her Le Crusade Dutch oven to me, I look at that brazier and I'm like, this is being passed down. Like so many family meals are happening in this and this is being brought, passed down. And I noticed it's on sale this week. I don't know why. It's usually not on sale. And um, so that to me, like not only has it made my life easier in getting skillet meals on the table, it just makes me happier. I just love it. Okay, another thing this week that has made me beyond thrilled is that my salad club is up and running again. So I'm part of a salad swap or a salad group in my neighborhood where we all sign up and um, it run depending on how many people in your group, I think 10 is a good number to do. Um, you make salad two or three times for these 10 other people. And on mon every Monday and Wednesday, I get a salad delivered on my door and it has been so awesome. So um, it's back up and running after the holidays, and I'm so grateful. It is so nice that somebody else makes me lunch twice a week, and it's a healthy lunch. So uh, yeah, salad swapping. I've got a great, really simple carousel on Instagram that tells you how to create a salad swap if you're interested. And then I've got a list in my Amazon storefront of all of the tools, like all of the salad containers we use and things like that, if you're wanting to start a salad swap yourself. Number three, Geometry House Towels. I did an order this week from their Valentine's collection because I'm putting together a little Galentine's gift to send to a college friend. So we are doing, we took our annual holiday favorite things gift exchange that we do virtually and we moved it to February because December felt so crazy for everybody this year. So I've been working on that and I'm including that along with my glow brush and some better glow from better days. I, anyways, but I placed that order. I was like, oh, these geometry house towels really are so practical and helpful in the kitchen. I love them. They're my favorite towels of all time. But I do like having them for the different holidays. Like it's a fun way to add a little holiday twist to the kitchen. And if you guys do that, I have a code. KelseyN15 gets you 15% off. Oh, another thing. This has been really fun. So 
trying to get back in the habit of more weeknight dinners the best we can given crazy schedules and things. And I've pulled out the Modern Manners for Kids. We use the Modern Manners for Teens for a long time, but it's become part of our nightly dinner ritual where Nora, who's my first grader that's kind of learning to read right now, reads through the daily Modern Manner or the nightly Modern Manner. And it's just really great conversation starter. It's such a great tool to have in your home. Um, So check those out. Those are written by Brooke Romney and just love them. And then finally, okay, I am trying to decide if I am a, you know, in the mornings I like my hot lemon water, but I've been seeing all these people post about hot cocoa in the mornings. I'm not a coffee drinker. And I'm finally, I'm doing it. I love the Perk Dutch hot chocolate or hot cocoa. I love it because it does come with, it's got protein in it. It's got a little caffeine in it to help me get going for the day. It's got some collagen in it and I really, really like it. So I guess, I guess I'm that girl now having my hot cocoa um, bright and early in the morning, but that's it. That's my weekly gimme five. Thank you so much for being here today, you guys. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. Remember, I created this entire podcast so that you could have a quick 20-minute listen while you map out your meals for the week. Listening to a podcast while I meal plan has been a huge part of my simple dinner system for as long as I can remember. So I try so hard to put out a really good fit for that each week. And next week, we're going to be chatting about how to cook once and eat twice, where I really break down how I'm getting double duty on certain recipes. So subscribe to the podcast so that the episode just automatically pops up for you next week. Maybe it can be a reminder for you to take a look at your meal plan. Um, But mostly, I'm just so grateful you're here. Thanks for listening today. And until next time, happy cooking. I'm Kelsey, and I look forward to chatting with you next week. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? 
Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.